I'm done playing with this one. You wanna play with me now? <laughs> that cold ain't the weather. That's death approaching. Everybody, we are Hack, Stab, and Slash, and today we have 30 Days a Night. I am amped up for this one. I just had a turbo shot. I've been listening to some Swedish Viking death metal. I'm probably a little too amped up, but let's see how uh, my co-hosts are doing. We got Waterboy over here, Sean over there. How are you guys doing? Are you guys as amped up as uh, you guys? I am for you? I mean, something um, like that. Take it away. I, I did not have any energy this morning, so um, I actually woke up 20 minutes ago. Uh <laughs> What? But uh, but the but this. You've been on up. vacation all week. There, I went to bed at four in the morning. So. Oh, okay. It's gonna be interesting. Nah, I'm all right. I'm all right. So that this this movie is no, just awesome. I'm all right. I've watched this movie like ten times at least, and it's it's good every single time for me. And it's funny. Um, last year a city care position came open for Alaska, and I actually thought of this movie when I saw that opening. Yeah, I'd be like, <laughs> oh, like hell no. <laughs> but how about you sean take it over i absolutely fucking love this movie uh i have been a big fan of josh harnett since uh his debut which we'll get to when justin ties in some fun facts at the end of the movie we won't spoil that right now yeah, but easy, uh but... this movie uh definitely a game changer in the vampire genre uh i fucking love it um it, it, i'm surprised it floated around hollywood for as long as it did until it got picked up and made into a movie, but this movie, dude, oof, oof, my goof, oof, my goof, couldn't have said it better it. myself, oof, my goof. All right, let me know when uh, you guys want to get going. You you want to chit chat? You want me to just jump uh, right? In? You know what? Let's just listen. This all this this movie's so exciting. I can't wait to even talk about it after the rundown. So let's just get right into it. Take it away, Sean. All right, hackstab slash. Make sure you got your snow boots on, your snowshoes on, some Arctic gear, and let's go for a journey. Uh, Thirty days a night. Premiering October 19, 2007, with a wonderful runtime of an hour and 53 minutes. Guys, this is almost a two-hour fucking movie. And uh, it was directed by David Slade. And I don't know about you, but that two hours did not feel like it was long enough. No, seriously, I have crazy ADHD. I know I had it really well. But I don't like movies. I don't like longer than 90 minutes. Like, But this felt, this was, this like you said, it felt like it was 45 minutes. It was so much fun. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you guys knew this, but this movie uh, was based off of a graphic comic book, which was initially written as a horror novel. So, guys, this movie, based off the original book, had enough ammunition to give you a two-part series like it. So badass. You know, could you imagine had it had the backing, the financial hype, like everything, if we had gotten two two-hour movies out of this? Oh, man. That'd be intense. Four hours of this. Oh, my God. Dude. The Alaskan vampire universe, bro. Right. All right, guys. Let's jump right into it. Uh, the opening credits read as follow. 
Welcome to Borough, Alaska, the most northern town in Alaska. Isolated and 80 miles of roadless wilderness cut off every winter for 30 days of night. We start this movie off, and this guy's actual name is The Stranger. He's not titled as anything else. He is simply known as The Stranger. Yep. So we see The Stranger looking out over the snow, and behind him we see a massive cargo ship. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I thought this is where the vampires came from. I think this is how they got there, was on that cargo ship. Yep. Um, so the stranger starts making his long, snowy journey through Burrow, Alaska, and we see uh, the screen go black, and just the words, the last day of sun, appear on the screen. We now meet Eben and Billy. They're uh, on the outside of Alaska. They're on the outskirts of the town, and they discover a pile of satellite phones that have been burned. Uh, Billy says, you know, hey, maybe it's a prank. Evan says, no, there would have been a note, you know, like a fuck you to the parents or <laughs> right. Well, then he looks at it again. And he goes, but it's not a bad idea. They head back into town, uh, some brotherly bonding over a sunset. And then they stop and they change the population sign from 552 to 152. As we travel into town, we now meet Stella, who's doing her fire marshal duties. And we find out she has. Saved Burrow for last. This, the reasoning behind her saving it for last is her and Eben are going through a separation as she has to make... Wow, I read that like a fucking second grader. <laughs> <laughs> All good. She, uh, she, we find out that she's going through the separation with Eben as she has to make her plane for Anchorage. We see the town saying their goodbyes to their loved ones and everyone leaving and everyone staying. The following scene, thank God we did not get any close-ups of this, but uh, we do see what appears to be the stranger with a large hunting knife slaughtering a dog kennel. Oh, yeah. Right after that, it's a quick bang, bang, bang scene. Uh, we now are traveling again with Evan and Billy, and they see Bo, uh, who's also known as Bobby from Sons of Anarchy. Uh, he's working on his truck. He's all pissed off. Evan gets out and says, hey, what are you doing? Uh, Bo says, you know, it's nothing I can't fix. Evan then looks, he sees a bunch of oil leaking on the ground. He goes, hey, is that for generators? He says, yes. And he goes, I'm going to have to give you a citation. I can't have that shit leaking all over the town. He takes it, tells him he's going to add it to the collection, gets back in the truck. Billy looks at Evan and goes, oh, it's not a bad guy. Why are you giving him a citation? And he simply just says, you know, he lives on the outskirts of town all by himself. Giving him a citation every once in a while just kind of makes him feel like he belongs here. Evan heads back to the police station now. As he gets a call from Helen telling him that something bad has happened to John Reese's dogs. Uh, and then we get another cutscene and we see Stella traveling towards the airport as she gets fucking crushed. Crushed out of nowhere. Yeah, she gets crushed by a machine driven by Malachi on her way to the airport. Stella caves in when she realizes that there's no way for her to get there but to call Eben. So she caves in, she calls Eben for help, says she's in town. Uh, needs to get to the airport before the last plane leaves for Anchorage. Eben is shocked. He says, you know, you're in town. Why didn't you tell me? She says, well, if you want to talk, we can talk on the way to the airport. You can see the dis- like distraughtness in Eben and how he's dealing with his emotions. He simply gets out of the truck, yells over to his deputy, Billy, and says, hey, take Stella to the airport. Like, just pause it off on him. Says, you know, John Reese had something happen. I got to go deal with that. Any input on the scene so far, guys? Um, oh, sorry, go, go ahead. 
No, I was just going to say, I love it. Like, you got to have some good character introduction. It makes the story so much stronger when you decide to like these characters and everything. And um, solid build-up. Love it. Love it oh, so far. What dude, are you saying, it, Waterboy? It, the overall, like, atmosphere in this movie, just even starting off, is just so dreary. It just, pull, it just pulls you in. Even, like, love you it. can see it starting to get a little bit darker, like, every scene. Yeah. And even that little trencher scene. Like, I was just thinking, man, there's, like, 80 miles of wilderness and probably that one road. How, how you not going to see that truck coming, man? That came out so of that, nowhere. Malachi does oh. get out. And Stella says, like, hey, do you not understand what a fucking right-of-way is? Right. He apologizes. His brakes froze up, and that's why he kept going. Yeah. He did see her. Yeah, he did see her, and it clears it up in the movie. This movie guy, uh, guys, does a very good job of eliminating, like, certain things without making it blatantly obvious. Like, the satellite phones? Dude. Communication's gone. That's everyone's cell phone. Such a good buildup like that. Like, it really is. Like, they, they really want to cover everything. So it's, like, a believable. And, like, you get sucked into this town. And I love the scene just when uh, you see everyone, like, leaving. It was so cool. Like, you talked about. You see all the townspeople leaving. Some people staying behind. Just really setting the mood early. Lo- love it. Yeah, I, I thought it was great leading up to that. And it sounds like I read a lot of information. But that that is literally, like, three minutes of the movie so far. Like, this <laughs> has everything in. Like, I I wish this movie was a lot longer. I wish they had, a, like, a Snyder cut. <laughs> all right, but, uh, all right, so Evan makes his way to John's house. He gets there, and John and his wife are standing out front, and he says, you know, he slaughtered every dog, every kennel. We see a quick picture of two of the dogs with their jaws just, like, ripped oh, out. Gross. It's gruesome. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but any kind of animal that ever gets hurt in any kind of movie, like, Tugs on my heartstrings a lot more than watching any kind of a character get killed. It's the worst. Hated it. Hated just seeing the dogs like that. So terrible. So now John's, uh, he leaves and he's heading back. We see Billy pick up Stella and then we get another cut back to John. Uh, John gets another call about vandalism at the Utilidor as Stella misses the last flight out of Burrow, Alaska. I edit that out because I hate when I go. Uh, <laughs> it's all good. Just making a <laughs> Dude, I do it all the time, though. John makes his way to the Utilidor and we meet Carter and Wilson. Uh, we find scraps of Wilson's plane thrown into the grinder. Or is it a grinder or is that the Utilidor? Yeah, it's, it's it's a grinder. Utilidor is the thing, yeah. just the name of the building. I, All right, I wasn't uh, sure about that myself. We see he says, you know, it's everything. It's the throttle, it's the, yep. the rototillers, it's everything. And he goes, That was my fucking life. And uh, you, that's another way that they're not going to get out of this town. Another build-up. Um, yeah. And after that scene, we get a quick cut scene to a guy named Gus. He's sitting all alone at what appears to be like a power plant station. Uh, the power goes out. Gus puts on his jacket, heads outside to see what's going on. Uh, he gets spooked. As you see a quick flash of something run by, he starts looking around. And then they all circle him. And this is where we get our first glimpse of vampires, guys. Yep. They circle him. Uh, he starts to panic, ask what they want. They start slashing him, and then they attack him and drain him like a stuck pig. Rest in peace, Gus. That, that was brutal. Very yeah. brutal. That, and that was the first little glimpse or what we heard from a little screech outside. That's That spooked him, too. All right, so after we see Gus just get manhandled by a group of vampires, we finally meet up close and personal Mr. Stranger. Yep. You guys know what a stranger is? <laughs> Do I know what a stranger is? Come yeah. on. Um, Waterboy, why are you giggling? What is that? 
He's holding up his left hand. Is this a sexual innuendo? It is. I have no clue what's I, happening. I, I was referring to like the person in the van that you don't let like you don't let him into your house. Oh well, see, see, gentlemen, uh, the stranger is when you sit on your hand until it gets numb, and then and then you masturbate with it. Whoa! <laughs> what? Why are you guys not thinking this is some insane direct? That's a thing. Why do you group me into him? I was asking him if he knew what a stranger was. I didn't know about that. I didn't. Uh, why were you even asking that? What did you expect him to say? And how did you know that? Like a Urban dictionary. Guy. Urban dictionary, bro. Waterboy, uh, you're disgusting. Do you, all right, uh, just all right, back on track. So uh, we meet a, a, a stranger <laughs> at the diner. Take it away, Sean. So now we meet the stranger at a diner. Uh, he kindly requests whiskey. Waitress tells him no. He says rum. Then he is denied again. And then he says, I'll simply just take a bowl of raw hamburger. And he is denied again. He says, you don't give me what I want to drink. You don't give me what I want to eat. Then he lunges. He grabs her by the wrist. Eben grabs his hand and says, hey, buddy, why don't we take this outside? Why don't we go outside for a talk? The, eight, uh, the stranger stands up like he's ready to fight, like he's ready to throw down, even though Eben clearly has like a foot and a half height on this guy. Then we hear Stella in the background as she puts a gun to the back of the stranger's head. Eben makes the arrest and then kindly smirks at Stellar and says, Mr. Flight, huh? Where are you going to stay? He gives them a look like it was all planned. We then cut to three pipeline workers. And there is some serious flirting going on right there. No strangers involved, but they seem to all be friends, right, Waterboy? Uh, yeah, that, that, looks, that looks like an entrance to a Pornhub video. <laughs> Uh, they decide they want a rock, paper, scissors shoot to see whose house they're going to go, uh, you know, partake in some extracurricular activities. Yeah. Uh, before they can figure out who wins, as they Rochambeau, <laughs> yeah, as they Rochambeau, uh, what is his name? Fuck, I lost my place. Oh, Gabe. Yeah, that's his name. <clears throat> so as they Rochambeau, we see Gabe get ripped off into the darkness uh they hear him scream they don't know what's going on they can't figure it out and then bam gabe comes back full speed they throw his ass like he weighs nothing and uh his throat has been gashed like just ripped wide open he's bleeding out everywhere the girl panics she takes off running the other guy stays behind and he is clearly their next meal oh yeah what do you guys think of that uh yeah that was (laughs) that was nuts like the you just see the guy falling down from the sky like that i I would have, I would have been gotten the fuck out of there. I don't know why that guy stayed behind, honestly. Right, and I love it how like we've seen the vampires. I don't know, was it maybe like twice now? But they've been like really like fast teaser scenes and like really like really cool. Like you've seen them two or three times, and it's just really fast. Like you don't even know what's going on, and then just yeah, awesome, loving it. I'm gonna apologize right now, guys. If you hear me sniffling or like the coughing, I am just getting over a cold. <clears throat> but let's head back to the police station. Where Eben drills the stranger. Is that it? Yeah. Eben drills the stranger, and he simply says, no one's coming for you for at least a month. He sits down, does like a little interrogation. You see him sipping on the coffee. Uh, He gets up, walks around the corner, and finds a bag of pot. Now, he calls over his brother, Jake, to question him on it. Jake goes, yeah, that's pot. That's grandma's. Helps her with her cancer. Let's go, Grammy. Helen pokes her head up, looks dead in the eye, and goes, I don't want you arresting me. I got a little greenhouse going on, you know, back home. 
got my own little uh, yep. my my grow lab going. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, then she realizes that the internet has gone out. Eben picks up the phone to call Gus. Realizes that the phones have gone out. So he says, "All right, guys, I'm gonna go check on Gus. You guys stay here." <laughs> then the stranger, uh, in his creepy ass voice, laying down on his back, says, "Check on Gus." Ah, oh, the windows. Try to hide. They're coming. And this time, they're going to take me with them on a me. That is a fucking horrible impression, I know. <clears throat> so Eben heads out, and he sees the power station has been fully destroyed. And he follows a trail of blood. When he gets to the end of the trail of blood, guess whose head is on a spike? Oh, man. Fucking Gus. We see Gus. Oh, scares the shit out of Eben. He takes off at 100 miles an hour on the way back to the station. And he is not fucking around. Uh, oh, can I just bring it back one um, one second? Where uh, they, when they were driving the strangers' jail, and even says one hell of a day, and then the strangers just like, just you wait. Oh, the little creepy things he kept saying, so creepy. Yeah. Oh, God. He's like, oh yeah, you go hell of a day, and he goes, yeah, you wait, you just you wait, something like yeah, that. Just, yeah, just you wait. And just, even right before the power went out. He's literally like, he was saying like, oh, they're coming. And then all of a sudden, like the lights go out right there. And the, like, oh, so creepy. So creepy. All right. Sorry. Take it away. Back to yeah. Gus's, Gus's head. On his ride back into town, Evan gets on his microphone uh, with the sirens blaring and says, stay in your home. Lock your windows. Close your doors. Load your firearms. Yep. He pulls over to a group of people. He looks at him and says, is your Jenny running? They say, yeah. He says, anyone with a generator needs to go home. Anyone without one, meet us at the diner. Go to the diner. We see John and his wife, still distraught. He's sitting there. He's got a shotgun in front of him. Uh, she says, John, honey, why don't you come and eat dinner? Well, he's sitting there, and he's like, still obviously worked up over his dogs. We see a crash. Someone comes through their window, slides right across their dining room table, hits the kitchen ground. She's standing there in sheer panic as John gets up to rush to her aid. He busts in through the kitchen door and sees her get ripped out through the window. He goes out after her. She is getting drugged underneath houses. This thing isn't even like dragging her. He gets to the house and then fucking throws her under. Chucking her. Goes under, yeah. Goes right under with her. John gets scratched in the face in his efforts to save her, and he is unsuccessful. Um, then we get another cutscene, and we're back to the stranger. He's chirping. Helen's in there. Stella's in there. Jake's in there. They're all playing like a board game. He starts chirping. He says one line in Waterboy. I don't know if you want to say it, if you know what I'm talking about. Um, I don't, I don't have the line written here. No, he says what I think is his best line in the movie. Is he's bitching. Like, not bitching, but he's doing his creepy voice. And he goes, that ain't the cold out there. That's death That's approaching. Death. That ain't I thought that was one bad. That's death approaching. Yep. Yeah, he had really cool lines, super creepy lines. So Jake panics because, you know, the stranger's really getting to him, and he throws a piece of the board game at him. And the stranger goes, oh, look at that there plastic thing. I could use that to break out right now. And then he goes, no, you're not. Jake runs over, and as he grabs it, the stranger puts him in a chokehold and stands up with him. As we think things are about to get intense and there's going to be like some negotiation thing going down and he's going to break out, Eben comes back to the police station and shoots him in the arm. He drops down. Eben goes in. He locks him up to the back of uh, the jail, like the front of the jail cell, but he locks him up backwards, puts his hands up on the bars and says, what happened to Gus? Tell me what happened to Gus. And uh, the stranger just keeps repeating, 
I don't talk to dead men. Yep. And just the foam coming out of his mouth. Oh, yeah, that was, that was so gross. It was just, oh, it was just unreal. It's just, yeah. I don't talk to dead men. So Evan and Stella uh, decide they need to go out and figure out what's going on. So Evan and Stella are driving. As John says, stop the fucking truck. Oh, yeah, I got John written down. Guys, I did this in my notes a hundred times. I kept calling him John for uh, other reasons. I'll, we'll, we'll touch that. In some <laughs> I gotcha. <clears throat> so Evan and Stella are driving. Evan says, stop the, tr- stop the fucking truck. He gets out and he thinks he sees something. So Stella, like, in, in her confused state, grabs her binoculars, which appear to have, like, night vision or something. And as she's looking, you can hear in the distance screeching and running. And she tells him to get in the fucking truck. Like, they need to go. She pins it in reverse. They're taking off. And a vampire chases them down before they can get enough speed to get away. He jumps on top, and he starts just wailing on the roof. They shoot bullets through it. She spins the truck around. He flies off. They run. They take off. And it's just, it, it, it's an intense little fight scene. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, yeah, that that was that was nuts. Like first first scene the van, like oh man. Yeah, yeah, really that scene, that scene right there, just really gets you. Like when you see them both outside of the truck, and you see her looking through the binoculars, and just like just get, like how she says like get back in the truck, and just like you just know something terrible is gonna happen. And then the vampire, just how that was shot, it looks so badass with the vampire on uh, top, just like slashing through. Awesome scene. Awesome you know scene. what that reminds me of? Like the John Carpenter's vampires when he jumped on their truck. Yeah, when he flies and he lands on the top. Yeah, lands on it, yeah. All right, they drive back into town and they see a complete state of chaos. As Helen cries out over the radio, Evan shows sheer panic, they head back to the station. They run into the station, and everyone's gone. Uh, there is blood everywhere. Oh, yeah. And the only person left is the stranger. He starts begging Evan, you know, please finish me. Finish me off. They didn't take me with them. Please kill me. And you almost want Evan to just put this fucking guy out of his misery. Oh, yeah, just kill him. And, and leading up to this, you realize how good of a guy Evan is. And as he's sitting there, Stella just screams his name, you know, like, Evan! And he, like, snaps out of it, and they get up and they leave him there. Like, just leave him to his own demise. Uh, the next scene, we meet Marlo, who appears to be the head vampire, and he's giving instructions to his... I call it the Horde. The Horde? Giving instru- yeah, he's giving instructions uh, that there are to be... All victims are to be beheaded, yeah. and they are there to feed and not make any vampires. Yeah, These guys are strictly food. Yep. They're not looking to grow their ranks. Yep, says, do not turn them. At least a dozen or so people are now held up at the diner. One of the guys says, they're all coked up on PCP or something. You shoot them, and they just they keep getting up. They won't go down. They also killed every sled dog in town. And then we, get another, we jump back, and we see Marlo and his counterpart. I can't for the life of me think of her name right now. I do have it written down. Uh, Marlo and his counterpart are now killing a couple. And this is probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Mind As Marlowe puts his fingernail on oh. the record player, the horde yeah. of vampires start to scream. They let out like their howls. It's almost like a banshee call. So they let out their howls, and then we just see them lay fucking waste as carnage spews oh. all over the town. And they, they just eat them like they're, they're an all-you-can-eat buffet. And we get this sick aerial shot oh, that of was like... My- 
I wrote this down too. That was my favorite part too. Just that shot, just watching everything happening in the sky. Yeah, just one end of the town to the next, and we just see blood everywhere as people run. And every time, it, it, it was like little ants just running around. And every time they crossed someone, it was just like a splat of blood. I fucking loved it. In my notes, I wrote, this is my favorite scene. And how they shot that from, like, the overhead and how the gore looked just, like, splattered in the snow. And, you, like you said, you could not tell what was going on. Just vampires that just tacking a attacking uh, tackling people just this blood shooting everywhere a few vampires are getting shot but it's just they are messing everybody up it was it was shot like beautifully it, it, awesome awesome scene of chaos hmm. all right so after that we now see Evan as he bursts into that diner um the second he runs in he kills the lights he checks the payphone nothing's working he looks around and then he sees Jake and he just runs over, gives Jake a nice big hug. He asks about Helen. He just shakes his head. And now they're going to try and come up with a plan to get out of it. Carter suggests, we met him earlier at the Utilidor. He suggests that there is a generator at the Utilidor they can hold up there. Uh, Evan says it's way too far. And we meet Denise, one of the pipeline workers. She suggests Charlie Kelso's attic. Um, she says there is a pull string you know, drop-down ladder that is very well hidden in his ceiling, and if they can get there, there's not a not a very high chance that they'll find it, especially since Charlie is gone for the winter and his house is completely boarded up. All right, Evan leaves for supplies and is ambushed by a group of vampires. Uh, him and Stella are in the Tahoe, and they literally grab the back of the bumper before it gets any speed, and you just see the tires spinning and spinning on this fucking snow. They lift it up, and as they lift it up into the air and flip it over, uh, we see Bo come out of nowhere, Bobby from earlier, come out of nowhere with his plow, and he just fucking blasts the vampires to a wall, screams at him to get out of there. They jump in with Bobby, and they book it to uh, Charlie Kelso's house, and when they get there, they take their time going up, and they crack open the attic. I'm thinking, like, no one else is going to be there. Maybe they're all dead. There's a vampire, yada, yada, yada. We see Carter poke his little smiling face over. Hey, guys. <laughs> yeah, now I just we're want, in the attic. I just wanted to say real quick, like, when they were lifting that car up, and then even shoots one of those vampires, and you just see half of his head just oh, yeah. come off. Blasted him. Oh, yeah. Uh, dude. Yeah. Wow, he was going for headshots like no one was <laughs> All right, so everyone's now safe in the attic for now. Uh, Stella tells Jake that vampires don't exist. As they're trying to figure out what's going on, Evan says, I don't care what they are. I just care about what I'm going to do with them. Uh, We live here. They don't. We know this town. They don't. We're built for the cold. We live here because no one else can. Exactly. I think this line would have been a lot more effective if the vampires weren't running around in, like, pantyhose and (laughs) (laughs) T-shirts. I know, right? It's fucking negative 10 degrees out, and we got one chick out there in, like, a summer dress and, and those, yeah. like, stylish they boots. They did not care at all. They were got, not infected. Got her rugs on. Not at all. So, now, after that little skit, they jump back, and we see Marlo. He's at the police station. He goes up to the stranger, rubs the side of his face as he's sitting there whimpering, and he says, you've done everything I've asked you to do. We're going to take really good care of you. And at this point, I'm like, oh, they're finally going to change him. Right. He looks up to his counterpart, and I, I literally have, he then looks at his girlfriend, question mark. Like, is, is this Marlo's girlfriend? Is, is no. this his wife? 
he looks at her and says how simple they are and how they'll believe anything as he just snaps his neck as the stranger drops to the ground and they begin to feed on him. So now we're back to the attic. Stella looks out the window and she sees them going house by house and they're ransacking. The group starts to panic as half wants to leave and the other half wants to stay. Eben quickly calms them down, puts his foot down, stops the fighting and says, all right, you guys are right. We can't live here for the rest of the month. We'll make a break for the utility. Let's come up with a game plan. Um, then we see Stella looking out the window again, and there's a woman walking down what appears to be like the main street of the town, and she is screaming for help. Carter, in his good nature, says, we got to save her. Uh, Evan, looking out the window, kind of shakes his head, says, hold on, look at the roofs. They're using her as bait. Uh, she now begs for her life. As no one has come out and tried to save her, uh, she begs for her life with Marlo. She's, you know, panicking. And Marlo says simply what is one of the greatest lines in this movie. There's a lot of good lines, but this is probably the best. As she drops to her knees, begging and pleading for her life, she simply says, God! Marlo leans down. He does this kind of, like, look around. And he just looks at her dead in the eyes and goes, No, God. And then they start to slice her up. She's standing up. She's crying. She's whimpering the gash in her and whatnot. And then they start to feed on her. Uh, then we cut back and we see Evan. Uh, he's out on the street looking for supplies. Uh, as he's hiding by the house, he has John call from him from under a house. He makes his way over to help him before realizing he has become a vampire himself. John reaches out. He starts to attack Evan. They get into a little hand-to-hand combat. Uh, it's you know, a little, a good back and forth uh, causes Evan to lose his gun uh, as John gets tangled up in what appears to be like a swing set. Swing set, yep. Evan grabs an axe, and this man just went all fucking Lizzie Borden on his ass. Oh, yeah. He took about, yeah, he took about four good hacks at this yep. man's neck before he cut off his head. Uh, what do you guys think about everything leading up to this? Um, awesome. That whole that bait scene with the girl was so creepy. And when he found John, when he sees John there, I was like, oh, cool. He's got backup. This guy's probably going to be in rough shape, but at least he's, they got another person. I was not expecting him to be like a vampire. So that that kind of yeah. uh, freaked me out. And like you said, that that scene when he gets like all hung up on the swing set, he's like leaning forward and, and poor Evans just got to take that and just Paul Bunyan him just over and over in the face. Badass. What do you think, Waterboy? Loving that? He, oh my gosh, dude. He, he you can see shit. how much it hurt uh, Evan to yeah. do that. Yes. But, but that, that, you can tell right then and there, like, that changed him right there. Like it. Oh, oh 100%. Gosh. Yeah, let's, like, really quick, like, like you said about how, like, Evan, like, su- like, such great character development. They gave this guy an awesome, like, character arc. You really feel for him. And, like, especially, like, you, you could see. How much it pains him, and like you can see how much he's going through. That one second he sees his friend here, next you know he's got an axe and he's chopping his head off. Badass. So glad you said it that way, because yes, it's a town. Yes, they're secluded, whatnot. Mm-hmm. Evan is the sheriff of this town, but yep. he doesn't look that as his town. These are these are his friends. Friends. Yeah. Knows everyone by name. When he gets the call about John's dog. He's not asking for an address. He just knows to go to John Reese's yep. house. Yeah. Like, this is a tight-knit community. Like, these people all love each other. They look out for each other. It's just, it's heartbreaking. Because you, you can see with, like, oh, yeah. everything that gets dumped on his, his chest, if you will, um, 
like the shred of goodness, a shred of humanity loses. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, you feel it. They did a great job. That they did an awesome job. All right. So now Evan makes his way back to the attic. Barely makes it back to the attic. Um, as we see his asthma is flaring up, and we we see him lay down. His asthma is going nuts. And when I say he barely made it back to the attic, because immediately after he gets in the attic, we go back to the scene where John is at the swing set. And we see Marlo and his counterparts standing around. They grab his head and they realize he has become a vampire. Then we go back to the attic and Wilson's dad appears to have dementia. And he wakes up in the middle of the night while everyone's nodding off and makes a break for it. He goes downstairs because he wants to leave. Uh, He tells Wilson, like, get your jacket. We're getting out here. Go get your mother. Uh, Even though his mother has been dead for years. Stella hears, like, the, the, the tasseling going on back and forth between them. She goes downstairs to try and stop them. They get the dad. He says, all right, I just want to go to the bathroom. So she, he goes into the bathroom and then locks the door. And then they realize he went out through the window. And this is where Wilson knocks down Stella, uh, knocking her out and making a break for it. Thankfully, this dude closes the door behind him because then we get uh, a vampire who I call Bloodbeard. His real name is Arvin. I don't even you know the names. Yeah. He's got a he's got like a full beard of blood. Uh, Wait, you ball. you gave these vampires nicknames? Dude, was was yeah. that the bald well, the bald headed one? Podcast. Yeah, the bald headed uh, one. I, the, like I thought yeah, it was I Dave Batista's brother. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I heard it on another uh, podcast. They called him Bloodbeard, and I was like, that is a fucking that's sick a, name. That's a badass name. Jeez. So we see him come in as Evan and Stellar are hiding in the house, and just before he goes to open the door where they're hiding, we hear Wilson dumbass outside looking for his dad screaming dad dad like these things are fucking hunting you bro like shut the fuck up i know he's your family i know he's your dad dude but if someone broke out of that house chances are bro you're dead you're dead already yeah like granted we don't see him die but you're probably already dead and that son's dead too because he went out and looked for you so with him screaming bloodbed goes outside it gives Evan and Stella just enough time to get back up into the attic. While they're sitting there trying to come up with a game plan, a whiteout storm starts. And they said, we're going to use this for cover to go get supplies so we can make it to the Utilidor and, you know, wait out the month. The storm starts. Evan and the gang use it as cover. Uh, they go out and they look for, you know, supplies and stuff to last the rest of the month. Uh, they stock up on everything. They stock up on guns, knives, inhalers. Oreos. Oreos. And we get a fucking scamp, bro. A uh, fucking scamp. Right? If you want to know what a scamp is, go back and watch the Steakland episode. Watch Steakland episode. That's what I thought of. This kid vampire turns around and speaks perfect fucking English. And it is so creepy. Dude. I'm done playing with this one. Do you, you want to play, play with, with me, now? me now? Oh, God. That was so crazy. They, they, they take off. They run to the other end of the store. Uh, Eben, in his Paul Bunyan status, grabs his axe, starts walking to the back. We see the black door, the black room. We know something's coming out. We know something's going to happen. As he gets closer, she jumps out, and my man whiffs. He takes a fucking swing, and he misses. He went at her like she was a five foot five female adult, but in actuality, she's a three foot seven kid. He completely misses her. The rest of the group starts, you know, panicking. We see Carter bust out the biggest can of mace I've ever seen in my life. 
and just hits her like it's a fire extinguisher. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The rest of the group, they pin her to the wall, and they take her out. Then we see Jake, out of nowhere, grab his brother's axe. And this man uh, obviously runs in the family because he takes about full wax until he cuts this little girl's head off. Yep. And you can see in his face that, like, this is something that's going to scar him for life. Oh, he's he makes- shaking. Shaking. You can see that. That turned him right there. He's like, holy shit, what did I just do? And now we see uh, the words, uh, day 18. Day 18. The- Guys, if it, wasn't for these, if it wasn't for these little, like, day 18, like, keeping you updated, you would feel like this is all taking place in one night. Yeah. Like, it, it's crazy how, like, it just... Being able to li- live there and just being dark for 30 days, like, not, like, that's insane. I couldn't imagine that. No, seriously. All right, so we see day 18 appear on the screen as the whiteout, and uh, they got to come up with a new plan. We're all back at the attic. Are they back in the attic? No. No. Yeah, they're um, in the police station now. Yeah, they go to the police station. Yeah, so, no. Jesus Christ, we're everywhere. They're still <laughs> in that store. All right. General store, general store. Market basket. They're at market basket. <clears throat> it's day 18 now. So the whiteout ends. They come up. They need to come up with a new plan. At in the store. Uh, and they decide that Stella says, you know, these guys can't handle the light. And they're like, well, how do you know that? You know, uh, Bobby, Sons of Anarchy, says something uh, in reference. And I, I should have written it down. But he makes a vampire reference like, you know. Not at, not just because like the bordello of blood is fucking allergic to sunlight doesn't mean every vampire is. And <laughs> yeah, the reference he drops uh Bela Lugosi's name, which is badass. He says something. He's, he drops uh yeah. He says uh just because it worked in like the Bela Lugosi movies. Yeah, all right. That, that's what it was. That's what it I was. knew it was something, and I thought yeah. I'd written it down. Yep. All right. So all right, go ahead. She, she simply starts dropping facts on Bobby's ass. Like, listen, bitch, don't question my authority. Uh, <laughs> She says, well, if they, if they weren't allergic to sunlight, then why would they send the stranger ahead to do everything and not make an appearance until it's fully dark? They agree. Says, you know, Helen had the grow house. We can use the UV lights to make a difference to hurt the vampires. They come with some, come up with some kind of diversion as the rest make a run for the utilidor. Uh, Evan decides it's got to be him. Jake tries to chime in and say, you know, I'm faster. I know Grandma's house better. Evan says... You might be right, but I, I, I watched you kill that little girl. Are you prepared to do that three or four more times? I don't think you are. And he simply just agrees, and they let Evan go on his way. It works, you know what I mean? Uh, Evan runs down the street like a fucking lunatic, uh, and they chase him down. Uh, he makes his way to the house. He starts the generator, and as the generator's going and he's sitting behind the door, he's got the UV light ready to go. Uh, Anika is... The counterpart to Marlo. That's her name, Anika. All right, I was like, who the hell's that? All right. It just clicked. So Anika looks at Marlo. Marlo kind of gives her the go-ahead, like, yeah, go ahead, go in there. Fuck him up. Go get us some lunch. Uh, as she kicks open the door, he pops up. And he's, he's got the UV light. And it just burns her, the entire Blast. side of her body. It is. She looks like Two-Face if he was a vampire. <laughs> yes. Uh, and now Marlo is fucking pissed. Uh, Eben shuts the door. He gets on the radio, says, it worked, it worked. Uh, the vampires then cut the power, and as they go to break in through the front door to get Eben, he sneaks out the back. As he's taking a run for it, uh, Bo tells Stella um, to tell Eben, tell him to run for the trencher. I'll meet him there. It's my, it's my turn to do something. Marlo then goes in, and he pulls out Anika, 
and looks at her and says, What's bro- what can be broken must be broken, as he puts her out of her misery. Then we see Bo, like a badass out of hell, dude, fucking dude. barreling ass in his trenches. Oh, that was badass. He's through these guys, fucking chainsaw, dude. He's opening the door, telling him to fuck off and blowing the heads off with a shotgun. Awesome Anyone that gets on, dude, he's got bear traps lined up around everything. Oh, so cool. Bro, like he fucking shoots does. one of them off the fucking head of the thing and then it lands on the trencher and the trencher cuts it in Cuts him off. That was insane. Uh, yeah, he shoots it just, fuck you. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> he, ve- he then uh, barrels ass as, as the trencher starts to get overrun. He barrels ass into a store. Uh, he pulls out the box of flares. He's sitting down. He's trying to light the flares. They're all coming in one by one. They start surrounding him. We see Bloodbeard and him make eye contact. And he just goes, you're not going to fucking eat me. No, he doesn't shoot. He drops the flare, lights it. The whole place fucking explodes. Yep. Unfortunately for Bo, he survives. That they sucks. all pretty much. Yeah. Uh, explosions seem to just kind of push everyone back instead of incinerating them. Bo lives. He's thrown outside. Marlo looks at him and tells him what a plague the human race is and how worthless he is. And then he head stomps him. And now we both dead. Yeah, and when uh, he said, when a man meets a force he can't destroy, he destroys himself instead. Himself. Yep. And heads, heads uh, on, <laughs> on a plus side, guys, guess what? What? Bo still wasn't eaten. Yeah, no, that I know. Is, I honestly that thought is, that. that I was, like, that so upset, true. and I was like, well, at least. I thought he the just, same thing. Like, at least he didn't get eaten. He just got American History X. Uh, that's, I was going to say, he got curb stomped American History X style. Yeah. Do you know how much force it would take? And he made it look like he was stepping on a pillow. Oh, to crush someone's head. Oh god. Yeah, it, it wasn't, wasn't he... even like he was prompt or there was anything solid. He did it on top of snow. Snow. Yeah. Yeah. Very awesome. strong dickhead vampire. A <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>, fucking dickhead. <laughs> so now if this movie hasn't tugged on your heartstrings enough between all the animals, oh, this is the killings, the kids. Oh yeah. Bo sacrificed himself to try and get Evan safety. Get to safety. He makes it back to the station. As Carter reveals that he has been turned. In the process of doing this, he kind of gives them a rundown of why his family has never come to visit. He reveals that, unfortunately, I think he says it was nine years ago, they were all killed by a drunk driver. He doesn't want to live forever as a vampire. He just can't do it. He wants to be with his family. He looks at Evan for help. Evan and Carter go to the back room. Uh, guys, this was fucking brutal to listen to. That's so uh, sad. Evan, I got a burp. There you go. Leave it in. Get it out. Get it out. <laughs> I should be leaving. I'll just get the transition. Sorry, guys. All right, you ready? All right, let's go. All right. We see on the screen day 27, guys. Let's We're go. Almost, They're almost there. Almost there. We can see a fucking light at the end of the tunnel. But what else we see is a light coming from a window across the street. And guess what, guys? Billy is alive. Billy. Definitely Billy. A.K.A. Crixus from Spartacus. I fucking love that series. Quick shout out. Uh, Evan and Stella then uh, go over to Billy's house to help him. And we see another heart-wrenching scene. As Billy has what I would say uh, misted his That's, family. I wrote that down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he has killed his two daughters and his wife with the intention of killing himself before the gun jammed. Uh, he then just couldn't bring himself to do it any other way. So he has been sitting there and suffering with his family dead upstairs, dude. Like, that is one personal hell I 
Don't wish on anyone. Oh my god. Yeah, that was a rough scene. That was gross. Absolutely okay. gross. And just seeing Billy at like the beginning of the movie and like how good spirited he was and right? like how he was and just well not not well kempt, but like taking care of himself and just like a, a good genuine guy. And then you see him here and his hair's a mess, his face oh. is all fucking pale. Like, you can tell this guy has been crying for the last 27 days. Yeah, you wouldn't even recognize it. If they didn't say, oh, it's Billy, I would have been like, who the hell is this random character? He did not look anything like himself. No. And, like, you can even see it in Evan's face. Like, he yokes him up, and he's trying not to hit him, and he's fighting back his emotions, and he's like, that's your family. Yeah. He's like, your family. Don't, don't hurt your family. Yeah. Oh, I oh, hate this. Oh, gross. That, that, awful. That, awful scene. Just absolutely fucking <sighs> broke my heart. Yeah, that was, that was um, a tough one. So they make their way out. They get Billy back to the station, and you can tell he's in rough shape because as they get into the station, he just he has got no energy. He just collapses to yeah, the ground. Yeah, barely walk. Like he's just he's this guy is just fried mentally, physically. He's probably hasn't eaten or drank in a while. Yeah. Um, now we see Evan, Stella, and Billy try for the utilidor because guess what? Everyone in the station is now gone. There's no traces of anyone. Nope. There's nothing left behind. There's no note. And Stella like simply says, like maybe they they made a break for the utilidor. Like we, we've got to try and, and see if we can find them. So on their way to the utilidor, they come across a little girl. This little girl's name is Gail. She is covered in blood. Yep. As much as I'd want to save her, if I'm under that house and I see them using another person as bait. It's heartbreaking as it is as a parent, dude. I don't know if I could go out there and, and try. Right. You know what I mean? That, that, but yeah, knowing you're Stella, both is going to die. Yeah. Stella does, and, and she succeeds. You know what I mean? Stella runs out, and she basically form tackles her underneath another house. The vampires catch wind of this. Uh, this vampire I called Marilyn Manson. He looks just <laughs> like... like <laughs> oh, my God, yes. They're all in the dope show, bro. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... Billy and Evan decide to try and steer these vampires away, and it's working. But Stella and Gail take off. They hide. Billy uh, runs one direction. Evan runs another. And we finally see Evan makes it to the Utilidor. He goes up through a ladder outside as he's walking through. He doesn't know if anyone's in there, if anything's going on. And then he sees his brother, and you can see, like, just the relief that comes out of his face. Gives him a hug. He sees everyone else there as well. The only people he still does not see is he doesn't see Stella, he doesn't see Gail, and he doesn't see Billy. So that quick sense of relief you get from Evan is, is gone just like that. Now we see Marlo as he gives the command to destroy the entire town. He says, we spent millennia convincing these people that we are just nightmares and we don't exist. Burn this place down. Like, he doesn't tell them to burn this place down but he wants no evidence left behind that they were ever there. They cover up, uh, cover up everything. Yep. And a, as he's saying that we get another jump scene and we see Billy. Billy has finally made it to the Utilidor. Uh, as he goes in, he's followed by a vampire. We don't see who this vampire is. We just see the hands. You can see the defeat in Billy as he gets to the Utilidor. He's hoping to see everyone there happy, safe, and he sees no one. Then, out of nowhere, we get a nice little jump scare. We see Bloodbeard. Bloodbeard, a.k.a. Arvin, is now back 
and he ensues battle with Billy. He latches right onto this motherfucker's throat and starts drinking him with no hesitation. Eben comes out of nowhere and and just takes a good, you know, whack at him, gets him off of Billy. Billy sits down and he's, you know, holding his neck. He's bleeding out. Uh, Eben and Arvin start to fight. And just as Arvin starts to get the upper hand, our man Billy uses the last bit of strength that he has left, and he tackles Arvin, a.k.a. Bloodbeard, into the grinder. Shreds him out. The group grabs Billy to keep him from going in, and as they pull him back, we see that Billy has lost his arm to, to the grinder. I don't know if this sped up the process of him losing human blood, uh, blood and the bite being on his jugular on his neck, but he's almost instantly turned into a vampire. He's turned real fast. He's sitting there, and the human side of him, you can see him screaming in pain, but you can see his eyes changing, his teeth changing, and what have you. And Eben picks up the axe, and he hacks his fucking head off, guys. And this Dude, was brutal. Okay. That scene was brutal. That was so gory. Just Watch, half- you just seen the head. Oh, bro. Ha- having to use the axe again, and like you said, like just the screaming, and the missing aunt, blood is everywhere. And this poor dude, just like, never mind, Eben thinks he's going to die one second. Then all of a sudden, he gets saved by Billy. The next thing you know, he's chopping off Billy's head. Like, Dude. holy roller coaster ride right there. Yeah, dude, it, it just fucking sucks so much because, you know what I mean? You feel for Evan a lot because he had just got his best friend back and now he had to kill him. And then he kills him. Like, it's so. Ugh. And the part coming up, I think this is why he ended up doing that. Not only to do what he had to do, but because I think he was defeated yeah. inside. And... Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, so after this, they move into another room, obviously, because you don't want to stay in the same room as your dead best friend. And it is just a mess in there. You know, Evan looks out and he flaps open this little like ventilation thing. And as he's looking out, he can see the vampires coming. Uh, he gets a radio. He gets in contact with Stella and Gail uh, via radio. They're hiding under a truck. Evan now sees all the vampires gathering to the center of the street. Um, the vampires appear to be flooding the streets with oil. Evan says, you know, they reach the pipeline, they cut open the pipeline, and it is just black oil, dude, covering these streets. You know what I mean? Like, flooding the streets. It's not like a little bit. They're they're literally... Oh, no, it's flooded. And this is why their gas prices went up. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) right? Damn freaking vampires. Marlo, dude, uh, without hesitation, drops a match. And uh, let the slow burn begin. Oil burns extremely slow, which is smart. Um, because it's going to make sure everything is burned to a fucking crisp. No trace. And you see the town go up incredibly fast because it's all wood. So it's smart because you're going to the town's going to burn down really fast, and the oil's going to make sure there's nothing left. Eben starts to panic, and he comes up with a plan to save Stella. He doesn't tell anyone. We just see him go back to the room. Uh, He rips open a first aid kit and he pulls out a syringe. And as he's doing this, Jake is like, you know, what are you doing? Blah, 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 blah. We need you. What are you saying? Uh, he, said, he looks at his brother and he says, when John and Kata changed, they stayed human for a little while. I can't fight them the way that I am. I can't fight them if I'm human. He then takes Billy's blood and he injects it into himself. Oh, yeah. As he's injecting it, you can see him just fighting the urges like you can tell it's taking him over and he simply says i can smell your blood 
And then he looks up and we see his eyes go black. You know, Evan then gets up, he puts on his jacket, and he starts to head outside as Marlo and Marilyn Manson turn around when they hear hear Evan come outside. And this is day 29 at this point. This is like, this is it. How did you guys feel during the fire scene when you saw the post office? Did you notice they they showed really like they, they, they showed, showed the a clip and they showed the post office like burning? I was, like, I was I was happy at that point. I know I was like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, whatever. <laughs> oh shit. Evan uh, starts to walk towards them, initiating like you know, let's do this, motherfuckers. Like I, I want to fight you, uh, and without hesitation, he starts brawling with Marlo. We get this crazy fucking fight scene. Now, in my notes, I have Marlo 360 kicks Evan across the snow. Oh, yeah. Now, if you listen to this and you haven't seen the movie, when I say Marlo 360 kicks Evan, you think Marlo literally jumps up, does the 360, and kicks him. No. Marlo kicks Evan so fucking hard that this motherfucker's whole body does a 360. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Vertically. And then slides across the snow. Uh, Marlo is just fucking teeing off on him, dude. He kicks him so hard, he spits out what appears to be teeth. Like, he's just fucking this dude up. He's bitch-slapping him. He breaks his arm. Marlo's feeling cocky. And I don't know about you guys, but if you've ever been in a fight, the worst thing you can do is get cocky. Now, Marlo gets cocky, and he goes in for the kill shot. And as he goes in for the kill shot, he leaves himself fully exposed. Evan then throat punches this man so fucking hard it goes right through his head. Uh, the other oh, vampires yeah. see this, and literally, I don't know if it's because they lost their leader, or if, like it's because of the way he took him out. But yeah, they see was... Evan's hand go through his jaw and through the top of his skull, and then pull everything back out. And he looks at them. All these vampires just straight up go, "Nah, fuck that." Yeah, they, they literally <laughs> like, just left. They're like, "Yeah, I'm shit, good. I'm uh, yeah, hey, yeah out, have bro. a good night. Sorry about the last 29 nights, guys. I'm, I'm gonna go." I don't know if you've guys seen uh, "Tales from the Crypt" Demon Knight, but there's a scene in the movie where he punches um, a hole through the a cop's head, exactly like this scene. <laughs> it is fucking brutal. And, you know, I, I watch, like, a lot of, like, Dragon Ball Z. Like, we all grew up on Street Fighter and all that stuff. The first time I ever seen this movie, I was sitting, and my buddy Ben was next to me, and he punches him, and all you hear is, Ali Ogan! <laughs> oh, God. Dude, and after you said the Marilyn Manson thing, like, I wish they played the beautiful people during this fight. Like, how sick would that be if they showed that Marilyn Manson vampire, and you said, Uh, so after this, like, just, unreal fucking battle goes down the vampires leave and stella and gail come out from underneath the truck that they've been hiding under they approach eben and stella sees eben has now become a vampire Uh, she says you know what did you do and he's pretty much like what i had to do to save you um stella and eben then leave with no one else they go out to the ridge and they sit side by side and they decide to watch the sunrise they kiss they hug Evan puts his head into her shoulder slash lap as Stella holds on to him for dear life as the sun rises. We see the amount of pain and, you know, agony that Evan goes through as he turns to ash. And then we see the resentment and the revenge just build in Stella's eyes. And uh, that's the movie, guys. Yep, The end turns to ash. And it, it, it did not feel like two hours long, honestly. It just kept you the whole time. Just pulled pulled in 
It right. kept you involved the whole time. It was just, this is one hell of a fucking movie. So good. So good. Uh, as vampire yeah. movies are concerned, I'd definitely give this a, probably an 8.5 out of 10 uh, on my scale. I got it as a, my highest ranking so far, I gave this a 9 out of 10. Uh, I know I said Lost Boys is my favorite movie. However, I, I would give this movie a 9 out of a 10. Yeah, Sam, this, is my, this is my favorite vampire movie. It, it's, a, it's a great watch. You know what I mean? The fact that it's based off of uh, a, a graphic comic book and was originally intended, like I said, to be a novel. There's just so much information. There's so many things you can do. Um, they even name off surrounding towns that if they don't stop the vampires now, they're going to take over. Yeah. It's just, uh, this movie is just, it's different from your typical, you know, very well-dressed, well-spoken, rich vampire who seduces you. No, these guys are fucking, like I said earlier, they're like banshees. Dude, it's so different. And they're there to kill. That's why I think I like this so much. It's like all like the normal like folklore vampires, like everything you know, like these are like a different breed. These things are just pure animalistic, like feral killers. Their screams are insane. Like the speed, they are so fast. Like their own language, like that is the creepiest language that they all communicate. And it's just, yeah, it feels like just a different breed. Like just awesome, awesome vampire movie. Now I got something different for you guys. Uh, I'll start with Waterboy. If there is anything different that you could do if you were in charge of making this movie, what would you do? Mm. Huh. I don't. I don't. Never thought about. It. I don't even know. Yeah, I'm not sure. You just leave it as is. Yeah, I mean, I would. I, I mean, I, I, I honestly, I don't know. It, it was, it was so good. I don't think, I don't think I could really think of something to change. Yeah. I think maybe no. if they use a, sorry, I, I guess uh, maybe if they use a flamethrower, I would throw a flamethrower in there randomly. I think a flamethrower would look really cool if they just uh, threw that in there. I don't know why that just came to my mind, but I just that's because flamethrowers are yeah. fucking badass. Just, right. Just more carnage, the better. Yeah, exactly. Like maybe a nice flamethrower scene would be like a little cool. That. Yeah. I uh, I think the only thing I would do is I would I would push for an increased runtime and just give longer? us more storyline. Yeah, just make it a little bit longer, dude. Mm-hmm. Like even like another twenty minutes. Yeah. You like know, maybe we, you know now that you say that I would like like maybe fifteen fifteen minutes or so of like like back how the vampires got there like or like their yeah. little origin sort of how they got to the yeah. town that they were going. Give us a little bit on the boat. You know what I mean? How he got off. Um. Instead of just showing the boat and that was it. Yeah. Or when I say like more in depth in the stories, dude, like I don't want to see it. I'm glad it wasn't in there. But like you could have added in uh, like Billy and his family when everything started and, and leading up to that instead of just finding out towards the end. Uh, you know what I mean? The, the battle with Helen, I would have liked to have seen that on screen. That That's probably my least favorite kill because you just hear her over the radio. Yeah. You know and then maybe mean? that could have been a flamethrower, and that maybe a, and a flamethrower. Yeah. I don't know yeah. why I want a flamethrower, but yeah, just or you want a flamethrower, and just, instead of what what do they call it, a, a Thatcher or a tra- uh, what do they call it, Waterboy? That uh, that chainsaw looking thing. Uh, I got I got my daughter hitting the door right now. <laughs> <laughs> like a track. 
a tractor or something. They they just added flamethrowers to a that. A flamethrower on that giant tractor. Boom, oh, right there. Yeah. <laughs> Would have been the best scene in cinematic with a shotgun, he's just got a flamethrower. <laughs> just add flamethrowers right, uh, to everything. Uh, Thatcher. Right. That's what it's called. Thatcher. That, all right. All right. So the budget on this movie, guys, do you want to take a guess or do you already know? I have no clue. I'm not going to budget. I, I, I did look it up. Um, the budget was only $30 million, which is actually a pretty decent budget for a movie. And it uh, did gross $75 million, So it did make its money back. Double. Yeah, it grossed. Uh, it played on... 2,900 screens. I'm rounding that up because I don't want to read the whole number. It played on 2,900 screens. Opened the weekend. Uh, grossed about 15.9 million. It placed first in the box office. Like water. <laughs> oh my god! What the? <laughs> <laughs> we did that movie last week. <laughs> yeah, wrong movie, bud. That's haunt. Where'd you go? What's up, buddy? All right, you say hi. 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 All right, we gotta finish so. this up. All right, run on, guys. I'm almost done. Bye. Can you go out and just shut the door? <laughs> I hit him. Oh. Yeah, right. oh my god! So it did grow seventy-five point five billion worldwide. Uh, it also followed up quickly with a DVD release where it made another twenty-seven million its yeah. first week when it was released to DVD and home viewing. Uh, do you guys got any fun facts? You want me to keep going? I got. A, I got a um, couple. I've, I've just got I've just got one, but I've, I think you guys already have it. I mean, the director David Slade also did Twilight, which is <laughs> sort of funny because I mean vampires and werewolves, but right. Um, so the only thing I got like three fun facts, and then I have obviously the Halloween tie-in. I have that um, it was shot in New Zealand, which I guess just surprised me because I just I don't know I assumed it really was Alaska, but it was not. It was New Zealand. And I have a fun fact about the town. Uh, Barrow, Alaska is a real town. Even though it changed its name in 2016, it's not Barrow anymore. Um, and it's even crazier. Did you guys see what, like the story of it? 65 days of night happens every yeah, single dude, year. New yeah, movie, bro. Like, gotta be kidding me. Like, uh, yeah, new movie. But yeah, they, yeah, they changed the name. I can't even pronounce it. It's like, you, I don't even know what last it is. 35. Yeah. Crazy new t- town name, but uh, yeah, 65 Days a Night, like that should have been like the sequel's name. All right, uh, like I had said earlier, uh, this was originally intended to be a novel uh, before it was turned into a graphic comic. It does have a sequel that was direct to DVD uh, with a completely new cast, and this thing flopped hardcore. Uh, Three Days a Night, Dark Days, and I've watched it, and it is not that good. I was just going to say, like, I've never cared less about a sequel. Like, that movie's so good. And I'm, like, a horror nerd, too. So, I mean, I've watched every single sequel, every single, like, most horror movies. But this one was so good. And especially with the different cast, I was like, why? Like, I know every movie nowadays, like, everything has a sequel. But I just, I'm not even, like, I could care less. I'm not even a little bit intrigued. Yeah. So, Hollywood slept on this movie, like I had said. And it, it, it was in, like, production hell. Not production hell, but it took a while for someone to pick it up. Uh David Slade and, and the creator of this, you know, wanted the novel. They wanted a really long movie. Um, when ho- Hollywood, I'm just going to keep referring to him as Hollywood, realized how good this movie was. They made the direct DVD to try and, like, you know, cash in. Mm-hmm. They also made a prequel miniseries called Blood Trails that was released in 2007. And they followed that up with another sequel miniseries called Dust to Dust. That was released in 2008. I haven't seen either one of those. I may check them out, but based off the way uh, 
the direct DVD was, I'm assuming they're going to be trash. Yeah, I'm not intrigued. Uh, the vampires speak their very own language uh, that was created with the help of a ling- linguistics professor mm-hmm. at the University of New Zealand. Um, most of the movie was shot during the day, but they used a process called day to night. Uh, a picture of Steve Nile, uh, who wrote the comic book, is actually in the attic. In the attic, right? I, I read that. A little cameo shout out like that. Yep. Uh, another fun fact is most of the snow in the film is actually salt. That's crazy. That's, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, I read that too. Wow. That's, that's and uh, like I said, if you guys stick around and you go to the end credits, Every single vampire that is shown in the movie is credited with a real name. Wow. That's crazy. I was going to say, the whole movie, I didn't even know the leader's name. I just called him Leader Vamp. I called it Girl Vamp. I just, yeah, I just, just wrote stuff <laughs> that's like that. How I, that's how I added in my notes. I was like, Lead Vamp. Yeah, Girl Vamp. Yeah, dude, they all have, like, crazy-ass fucking names, too. Oh, no shit. That's cool. That's cool. You want to uh, give us our tie-in? Yeah, so um, as if anyone watched any of the, our other episodes, Sean gave us the challenge of uh, trying to find a link to the Halloween series. This one's pretty obvious, but I'll, I'll take it. It was a layup. Uh, Josh Hartnett it plays um, John Strode, Laurie Strode's son, in Halloween H2O. Guys, throughout the, uh, my reading of this review, yeah, and I said John a couple of times. It's because every time I went to write his name and I looked at him on the screen... All I could picture was fucking Laurie Strode in my head going, John! Yeah, Laurie's son. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, so next week is going to be our boy Justin's pick. Let's go. Uh, pull a pivot card like I did this week, or do you want to keep going in order? So I'm not going to lie. I meant to text you before the show and screenshot uh, what the order is. I actually do not know what movie is next week, so why don't you tell me what movie well, that I picked? I'll let that you I'll know, pick. Justin. So your next movie is going to be House of Wax. Oh, no shit. Okay. All right. That was it, the 2005 remake? 2005, I wanted the remake. It's a, it's a guilty okay. pleasure. I love it. So uh, next it's week. A Par- it's a Paris Hilton. Is that why? That, that is not why. That is <laughs> that is not why I picked it. But, it's yeah, got one tuned. of my favorite. Or as a main, uh, not a main character, but a character in there. And uh, Mr. Padalecki. You also know him from Friday the 13th reboot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yep. That dude is a mammoth. I fucking loved him in Supernatural. I, I've never seen Supernatural, dude. I gotta watch that Me show. neither, I don't, yeah. yeah I, I haven't I'm, watched a lot of TV series. I've just never been in tons of TV series, so I'm sure it's great. I was never really a giant TV series fan. Waterboy, we've talked about this. If we ever start a Patreon, I know Justin, you're not big in the TV series, but I may do a uh, <clears throat> rope him in and do like an episode per episode for an entire TV series for Patreon. Yeah, that'd be down. That'd be sick. Honestly. Yeah, dude. Unfortunately, Supernatural would have like fucking 800 episodes. <laughs> Give the people what they want. <laughs> All right, fellas. Uh, Justin, you want to you want to pitch anything? You want to let the people know what else you're working on outside of Hackstab Slash before we get out of here? Um, no, we're good. Uh, I think we just uh, stay tuned next week. Come and watch some uh, House of Wax with us, and uh, yeah, coming next week. That's all I got. House of Wax. Let's go. <laughs> all right, ladies and gents, Hackstab Slash. Signing right. out. Peace. I met him 15 years ago. I, I was told there was nothing left, no reason. 
no uh, conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of life or death, of good or evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face, and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. This place is evil. Sometimes dead is better. Two of my men pulled you out of the lake. We thought you were dead, too. Do you remember very much? Dead too? Who? The boy, Jason. 